As always, I hope you're doing well today. I want to remind you, as I do from time to time, that we have a website, Healing Care Ministries. Go there. You are going to find resources that you may be interested in, but also a lot of opportunities that um, we offer in events. Some have a cost, others are free. Uh, There's also a tremendous amount of resourcing that's available on that page or pages. So I hope uh, you'll consider going there. We have some very exciting events coming up, uh, some concentrated events that we call the Legacy Series. We're going to be doing the Formational Prayer Seminar in Colorado and then again in Ohio. We have a tremendous spiritual direction program. If that's a ministry that you'd like to get involved with. We have a two-year training program. We just have a lot of things we're offering and a whole lot of people that are involved in what we're doing. And I want to make sure you know they are available to you. Let's pray. Father, we come in the name of our Lord Jesus and we ask that your Holy Spirit would guide and direct our time here together. We're hungry for you. We pray that light would surround us in this darkened world, that we would feel the lifting of our spirits as we come into your presence, that you would do battle on our behalf to push back the forces of darkness that try to discourage and bring despair to our lives. Help us, Lord, to see where you are, what you're doing, and to be able to participate with you. We pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. There's a story in Scripture that has been for years foundational to, well, to my ministry and how we choose to do ministry at Healing Care. It comes in the Gospel of John, chapter 5. It says there, beginning in verse 16, that Jesus was ministering on the Sabbath, And the Jewish leaders were very, very upset, and they began to persecute Jesus. And Jesus gives them this response. He says, my father is always working, and I too am working. Well, this only made the Pharisees all the more angry. And then Jesus said this, and this becomes, for me, the foundation of, of effective Christian ministry, at least the foundation of effective ministry in my own life. Jesus said this, Truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. This is an amazing scripture. Because it's telling us that Jesus didn't just do anything, but he sought to perceive what it was that the Father was doing, and that's what he concentrated on. Now, this isn't the only time our Lord nuanced this idea. It's also written in John 3. A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. That comes right from the um, Gospel of John from the words of John himself, he too saw that you can only do what the Father is doing and you can only 
minister where the Father has called you to minister. Jesus also made comments, for example, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of the one who sent me. That's in John chapter 6. And then he says, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. This this whole picture of the ministry of Jesus being very focused on what he perceives the Father to be about. In John chapter 7, Jesus said, I'm not here on my own. I'm here because of the one who has sent me. And then finally, I'll mention there are several others here, but Jesus says in in chapter 8 of John, I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence. I have not come on my own. God has sent me. This, this to me, becomes the foundation of all effective ministry, that we are to do the things we see the Father doing. Now, there's a couple of presuppositions in this that I want to lift up to you that are important to us in our day-to-day life. The first one is this, the belief that God is always active. He's always up to something. He's always integrating in our everyday lives. I remember years ago reading um, The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard, and he talks about what we read in the Old Testament of God coming and interacting with Abraham and guiding him. And then Dallas Willard said, God's still up to that today. He's still doing that. I often think of the kingdom of God is like a a mighty river flowing, always moving. But that leads to another principle, and that is that we need to be a very discerning people. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us see what God is up to in any given moment. Do you know that if we're aware of that principle— We could be going to the grocery store, we could be driving to see a friend, we could be walking through the neighborhood, and if our hearts are open, the Holy Spirit may show us something that God is doing and wants us to participate in right there, right then. See, the Bible doesn't call us to do our own thing, to wake up every day thinking, okay, what is it that I today need to go do in ministry for God. Now, now first, let me give you this caveat. We're always to be kind. We're always to be generous. We should always be forgiving and encouraging to people. That's part of the virtue and value of the kingdom of God. It's part of the way we should be wired. So we don't have to ask the Lord, should I be kind? That should come naturally because the fruit of the Spirit is deep inside of us. But there is another piece, and that is that we need to ask the Lord, what is it that you're up to? And there are times when God is working to do something very, very special 
in this particular place, in this particular time, with this particular people. You know, I was reading today in the Gospel of Luke, and one of my favorite passages of Scripture happens to be the story of Peter and the boat and Jesus and the great catch of fish, and he calls him to, um, to then follow him. But, you know, later on in chapter 5, there's a story about these friends bringing a man to Jesus and wanting to get him into Jesus' presence so Jesus can heal him. But there's too many people, and so they cut a hole in a man's roof, which I'm sure didn't please that man, and they lower the guy. Jesus first forgives him, and then to prove that he was aligned with God, he also heals him. And it says that the people were amazed. But there's this scripture that comes before the healing, and it says this. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Do you hear that? The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. It seems to be saying to me that on that particular day, in that particular occasion, God was up to something. And there was a special movement that God wanted to do in bringing healing to people. And Jesus once again participated with it. Now, again, living by the virtues and values of the kingdom, we care about the broken all the time. We pray for people all the time. But there are these, it seems like, moments or seasons when God is about something very, very specific and he's wanting us to perceive it and do it with him. I have many times over the years when asked to talk to a group of people about ministry, come back to this particular scripture and said, the key to effective ministry is doing the things we see the Father doing. In, in one way, it's saying that even our best ideas are not necessarily enough. You know, there are individuals that will ask about the effectiveness and success we've had in healing care ministries. And from a very small seed, it has grown into many seminars and resources of equipping. And we have a lot of counselors that work for us and a healing care center and on and on we go. And we're finding that we have a bit of an international presence. But if you ask us what our strategy was, it would really boil down to John 5, 19. We're just trying to perceive and do the things that Jesus is doing. You see, the Father's always at work. He is the one that gives us the words to say. He is the one that sends us. He is the one that empowers us. And so it's important that we begin to think about this principle for our ministries. I think every local church should have a group of people that gather together and they get this, if you will, discerning nudge that this is something God is wanting us 
to do. And then we align ourselves to do what the Father is doing. That's why I think it's important for pastors and church leaders and people in ministry to be praying, Lord, we don't want to just think up what we should be doing or look at what other people were doing, but we also want to be prayerful to discern in the Spirit, what are you doing that you want us to participate in? Now, I've mentioned that in terms of church leaders and ministries, but it also relates to every one of us as a follower of Christ. Today is a new day. What's the Father up to? He may be wanting us to plant seeds. He may be wanting us to harvest. He may be wanting us to go and be an encouragement to people. He may want us to spend particular time in prayer. But it all comes back to this issue of deciding, Lord, I'll live by the virtues and values of the kingdom. I know that is part of what I need to be doing every single day. But I also, Lord, want to be perceiving where you are, what you're doing in this day, and how I can do it with you. God, you are good, and all you do is good. And we do pray today that you would open our eyes to see what you're up to and how we can participate with you. Will you join me in that prayer, my friends? I pray you have a good day.